This is the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford and I'm a surrogate and a surrogacy lawyer. In this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with three people, Amber, Jake and Aaron, who are a traditional surrogacy team in Adelaide, South Australia. They're a little bit special because they were the first gay couple to proceed through a surrogacy arrangement in South Australia after the laws were changed to allow them to do that. And like many other traditional surrogacy teams, they were also told that it was illegal and uh, some clinics wouldn't help them and the lawyers wouldn't help them and eventually they overcame those hurdles and they conceived baby Xavier. So I'm going to hand over now to the team and we're going to find out how it went. Here's Amber, Jake and Aaron. I'm Aaron. I'm Jake. I'm Amber. Hello, you are the traditional surrogacy team in Adelaide that is a little bit famous and we're going to come back to that. Um, So I've got Amber, Jake and Aaron, who have just had baby um, in the last... Well, tell me, how long ago did you give birth? Oh, so uh, he was born on the 8th of December. Okay. Wow. All right. And how's everything going? Really good. Good. Healing up, you know, besides the little postpartum hormones in the early early days, we've gotten through it and... Good. And we'll come back to that. Um, so, Amber, tell me, you're the traditional surrogate in this scenario. How did you come to surrogacy? Uh, so, it was always something that I was curious about. I'd say from about 16, um, I made a comment to, like, my best friend, like, if we ever needed each other's eggs or uterus, we, we made a pact we would do it for each other. Um, she ended up being my sister-in-law and is marrying my brother now, which is funny. <laughs> But uh, luckily, she hasn't needed it. Um, and then after I had my own kids, it was still on my mind. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm really going to look into doing it. I looked at my immediate, like, family and friends circle first. But no one needed it, uh, like, needed any help. Didn't, no one was going through, like, surrogacy or anything like that. Um, so that's when I decided to join the Facebook groups and the forum and have a look for someone to help Excellent. So, Jake and Aaron, how did you come to surrogacy? Was it always on the on the list of things to do, have a baby together? Um, I think we've – it has been on the list, but I think more seriously in the last three years we've spoken about it and not really known what what options we had available. And I think Jake really took the lead um, on doing a bit of research, um, getting out there in some of the forums, and eventually it was um, the surrogacy support um, the Australian Surrogacy Facebook page that um, got that story out there and it, I think it was a few months later that it managed to call, catch Amber's attention and um, one, month. one month after that and um, got chatting. But um, yeah, Jake, Jake put out a post and shared our story and what we wanted and who we were. And um, for some reason or another, it stood out from all the others and Amber messaged Jake and we got talking. So... Until fairly recently, it was actually not possible for gay couples to pursue surrogacy in South Australia. Was that the hurdle that you knew that you were hitting? Were you looking at going overseas or had you spoken to other gay couples in in South Australia? So pretty much we we had um, thought that, yeah, overseas was the only option. I was researching overseas and a lot of countries have banned it now and then we were like, well, we must only have one option, adoption. You know, that might be the only thing that we can, but then... Um, we had a couple of friends who had done it overseas, but then it wasn't available overseas anymore in that country. And then I sort of looked on Facebook and found the 
yeah, Australian surrogacy community. Awesome. So um, when you started talking to each other, was the idea that you were going to do gestational surrogacy rather than traditional? Yeah, that's right. Um, we had just assumed that that was the only option and I didn't want to, you know, I, I thought that who, what woman would feel comfortable using her own eggs and, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I didn't even know it existed at first, but then when we researched more into it, it was a thing and we were like, oh, no, what are the chances of that, you know, zero. Um, no one wants to have a, you know, biological tie with, a, you know, with IPs or, yeah. And Amber, of course, you were okay with that. How did you come around to the idea of traditional surrogacy? Well, like Jake was saying, we just weren't aware of it at the beginning. Um, you really only hear about, you know, gestational uh-huh. surrogacy where it's, you know, no biological relation. Um, but after looking in, in the Facebook group and, you know, seeing other people have gone through it and um, your story obviously helped a lot because you could tell that, you know, it was like a, you know, sort of like close friends, family, um, everything worked out well and it was sort of just the same as gestational. And I thought, you know, I'm so 110% done having my own children um, that the thought of being related didn't really, it didn't, I felt like it didn't change things. And actually that, that seems very, very familiar. I felt very similar. And I think other traditional surrogates have often started with the idea of being gestational surrogates. And at some point, maybe make the leap into, into traditional surrogacy, noting that it doesn't actually feel all that different from what they would have done if they were gestational. So how did you go with um, deciding, we're now going to do traditional, what do we need to do next to, you know, get this sorted? We, we sort of like, um, we have the Australian Surrogacy Community Guiders in some areas as well. So honestly, all of this is, you know, the Australian Surrogacy Community Facebook page was the thing that helped us, you know. Um, yeah, we used it most we used support. To, yeah, we, it was just, it's just everything. Like, I don't know, we just couldn't do it without it. No. Yeah. And also your like law handbook and everything. Oh, that oh was my, amazing. so easy. Just having it written down, so simple of like what the steps we need to do. We referred back to that all the time. Like I had it saved in my, in my phone. Yeah, so that I could Oh, go that's back good to hear. So well, we know that actually what happened with you guys, you went through traditional surrogacy, but you did hit some hurdles. Can you talk about what was going on there? Were you thinking we're just going to do traditional surrogacy and then finding out that people had opinions about whether or not you were allowed to do it? Who did you contact to talk about it? We, we had gone through the counselling and that was all fine. Um, it was then coming to um, you know, seek legal advice and um, someone to guide us through that and then the subsequent parentage order um, following the birth of Saviour, but we had gone through a couple of, um, we, sorry, Jake had called through a couple of lawyers just telling them what we were wanting to do and um, getting some initial advice and Jake was actually laughed at by a few and you know, said, good luck with that, it's not going not gonna to work, you can't do that. But, you know, obviously people weren't up to date with the, the, the recent changes um, for same-sex males and whatnot with surrogacy um and we yeah we we were at a hurdle there not knowing whether we could after being you know pretty much brushed away by a few and i know I some of the advice know. was also that you could do it but it needed to go through a clinic did you speak mm-hmm. to a clinic about them helping you and what was their response yeah so we we went through a couple of fertility clinics um some you know, big name ones in adelaide 
um, to the point where the lawyer we had at the time even met with the director of the clinic and explained you know, the, you know, the legal side of it and they were still not willing to, to assist with um, the artificial insemination required for uh, traditional surrogacy um, and said it's not something there, you know, it's not within their policies that they'd be able to assist us and that was the same message across multiple um, clinics as well. Did they elaborate on why their policy said no to, to, to traditional surrogacy? Um, they didn't want to be responsible for any implications afterwards, so they didn't have a process. Um, so that, that's why we were stuck. We were like, our, our lawyers, I honestly contacted, I can honestly say, almost every family lawyer in South Australia, no one wanted to pick up our case. Um, then we did find one person, I don't know if I, I can say their name, um, who, who, yeah, yeah, let's do it however you need to go to fertility clinic that's what the law states and we went to all the fertility clinics um and they just didn't have a process and then that's when we were like oh we can't do traditional surrogacy felt like like a dead end yeah Yeah. and i know we had some conversations about how do we sort of get around it and i think my concern too is that whilst i thought that it was fine to do either at home or through a clinic that really the problem with um, making laws restrictive doesn't actually stop people doing things. It just makes it difficult to be open about it. So you guys were probably going to come up with some arrangement. It was just about how how do we do this rather than stopping and not doing this. Um, so eventually we did sort out the legals and that's all been done. Um, and you did then do home inseminations. How long did it take to conceive Bub? Actually, I'm probably taking Jake's limelight here, but um, we'd had the legal papers signed and it was the day after, I think we, we looked at, because Zamba was in prime time at that point, um, really good timing that we, um, we, we'd try our first um, attempt. And you can see. So, so yeah, so um, we, we finished the legal and she was, she just happened to be ovulating after. So we thought, oh, you know, let's give it a shot. So I think it was a, a Monday night, late night I finished work. We gave the sample and then we, we, we planned to do a few, you know, let's make sure we get pregnant. Let's not miss this month. Um, so I was like, yeah, 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 we'll do it Monday night and then we'll do it the next day maybe. But I was busy and I was like, oh, timing just didn't work out. Work out. So I was like, oh, we'll see what happens. Just the one bang, first shot. Amazing. And here he is. Goodness. So tell me, how did it go through the pregnancy and, and the healthcare and the hospital process for being a surrogacy arrangement? I think um, <laughs> the uh, the midwives and stuff were, were quite nice about it, but I think with it being the first same-sex couple with tri- uh, with surrogacy in general, um, the hospital kind of went into panic mode <laughs> uh, when they found out we were coming there to birth. Um, they'd had surrogates birth there before, but because they always had an intended mother, the mother could stay at the hospital. Um, but in this case, they had a strict policy of no males to stay on the ward whatsoever. Um, so we had to go through, you know, contacting um, a social worker. I had my lawyer uh, go in and fight for me to, um, you know, all we were asking for was one of the boys to stay overnight on a fold-out couch in the same room, which I didn't think was much. <laughs> Uh, but we did not get a clear answer of that until probably four weeks. Three, I think. Even. Yeah, three weeks before he was born. Wow. Yeah. And that did that cause you a lot of stress, not knowing what was happening? I had a full mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, 
I'm just the type of person that likes to have everything planned out. And at that point, we were were even talking about we might have to completely switch hospitals because, you know, if if they were going to leave me to care for him overnight, you know, things are difficult enough as it is. I I didn't know back then how I would feel once he was born. Um, And being told that you have to be, you know, responsible for caring for him for however many days you're in hospital, um, it just wasn't, you know, didn't feel... Fair. <laughs> it sounds like too that perhaps the hospital could do with updating policies around surrogacy. Like you say, if it's only dealt with ones with intended mothers and therefore okay because she can stay there on the floor, then recognising that the LGBT community needs to be accommodated, not just for surrogacy, but generally, because not everyone fits into a box of male or female or husband and wife. So that's quite interesting. How did it end up panning out? Pretty good. Yeah, I think it was pretty good. Obviously, um, he came a little bit earlier than was anticipated. Um, five days. About five days before we were booked in for the planned cesarean. Um, so I think we're all a little bit worried whether the, the plan we had in place with our midwives and the hospital would still take place given it was not to the planned date. But um, all seemed to go smooth. Um, Amber was in there at overnight which we couldn't stay in there obviously because I was they'd approved me to stay to care for Xavier but Xavier wasn't there it was um, Amber Amber alone for the first night but um, it it was still a bit of a panic and a rush the day of Um, our midwife had been on shift overnight she wasn't sure whether she'd be able to make it in and our backup midwife wasn't available either so um, So we were left with someone who wasn't familiar (laughs) with us or you know our plans and how we wanted the birth and post-birth to go. Um, our midwife, our backup midwife walked in Ten minutes as I was on the table <laughs> about oh, wow. operated on. So that was a sigh of relief when she came in because at least she was there and she knew what we wanted post-birth. To, mm. like what we wanted that to look like. So we had her on advocating. Her, on her way up to the theatre, she'd gone down to the ward to check which room we were in because they planned the big room because I'd be staying and she got the room changed. And, yeah, she um, made sure we got the bigger <laughs> room. <laughs> That's really what you need, though. I think continuity of care with a midwife or obstetrician, whatever your preference is, is what you really need for a surrogacy. And I had a similar experience that we got the backup to the backup midwife who wasn't totally across our arrangement. But I also think there's a good reason then for hospitals to have protocols so that it doesn't really matter who's there. They've read your file, they know what you want, and they're supportive of that regardless of whether they've even met you before because you never really know what's going to happen in an emergency. So tell me about the post-birth period. You were able to stay in the hospital with Amber and Zave. Yeah, the, the taller of us got to stay on a little bit. So <laughs> um, it was it was good. Um, the staff are very accommodating. Once he was um, once he was there, um, showing both me and Jake you know, how to bath, bath him, you know, the feeding, whether to get everything done. I mean, Jake could stay most of the day until about nine ten pm anyway. Um, so it was just purely that overnight time that um, it was just me there. But it was great. Yeah, obviously Amber, Amber was there as well, a bit of a chat, watching some TV. We both snorers. Did they ever think about giving the guys a separate room or was that just not on the on the agenda? No. no. We had to fight so much just to get them on the pull-out couch that we didn't even no. we didn't want to push our luck with us. And so you had a C-section. How long did you have to stay in hospital? 
Uh, we had some complications during and after. So we ended up staying for four days, I think it was. And how have you been in the last couple of months? Great, great. Yep. <laughs> I, I feel like I want to say more about it, but just everything's been so good. So That's amazing. Yeah. And I, I do think that um, people will ask and say, how, you, how have you been? And you say, yeah, I'm good. And then you, they go, yeah, but how have you really been? And you feel yeah, like you have, have to find a reason to be upset. But that's, I mean, that's amazing. That's what surrogates and intended parents need to hear is that actually it can be pretty good. Um, tell me about those first few weeks though with the hormones. How was that roller coaster for you? Yeah, that was a bit hard. Um, I think while I was in the hospital as well, there was a bit of guilt going on that um, I was sort of keeping them from going home because we'd obviously stayed a lot longer than anticipated. Um, and the boys were actually got married <laughs> while I was in the hospital. Are you serious? You got married? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Explain that. Because we, we were supposed to get married um, two, what was it, three, three or four days before he was, was born. So it was on the Tuesday and he was supposed to be born on the Friday, but he came the weekend. So we asked Amber to, to babysit and we got married and came back. <laughs> to Amazing. So was it just a registry wedding or was it like the full, you know? Uh, registry wedding, but we did have um, some family coming from interstate for it. So we, we pushed on and... Yeah. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You're the first gay couple to do surrogacy in South Australia, the first traditional surrogacy to push through despite the hurdles, and then you decide to get married <laughs> in the same, in the same yes. week that your baby was born. That's amazing, and congratulations. That's oh, Thank you. Well, other yeah. people wouldn't do it like that, but that's amazing. And we packed up and moved house while there was two, three weeks. Of course you did, just to add a bit of pressure. So we know now you've done all of that. You've got the baby in the arms. Um, The legal process, tell me about that because there were some people that were saying you can't do this. You've then had a bit of media um, around your story because it is quite special. Has there been any response to say, actually, you could have always done that, no problems, or actually we still think you can't do it? Well, our lawyer is is adamant that yeah, everything is fine and the, the process we followed is good. Um, we haven't had any contact from anyone that knocked us back initially, um, but I'm sure they've seen some of their coverage and thought, well, maybe this could have been a, it's a missed opportunity for me. And, but no, we haven't had any, anyone contact us after the fact. Okay. So the parentage order is happening. You're doing all of that process to transfer parentage? Yeah, everything's signed, lodged with the family court on Friday, so we should hopefully have a, a court date by the end of this week. Which is Excellent. It took us a bit longer to get his birth certificate. We only got it a few weeks ago. So. Yeah, eight weeks it took. Nearly. Yeah. Do you know why there might have been a delay? Um, the, the initial delay was because of they were prioritising replacement certificates for the bushfire victims up in Adelaide Hills. Of course. Um, but even when I called, I think I called on three occasions to check and one time he said it was still processing, it was sitting with the registrar. The next time I called said it was still pending but we've got everything so I'll get that done for you today. And then two weeks later I called up and he goes, no, it's still processing. So I don't think anyone really knew what was going on but... The last gentleman I spoke with said it was it was a bit of a different um, different scenario given the um, surrogacy. Yeah, fair enough. So tell me about your relationship now. It's what did you say? Eight weeks post birth. Yes. Yeah. So how have things gone, and what's your contact been like since the birth? Um, I think obviously uh, in the first few weeks it was more often. Um, with the media and stuff like that, it was a lot more because we would have to be together for like interviews and and like photo shoots and stuff like that. So um, I 
travel up to them about four times, like four, four, yeah, four times the first week. Um, and, and then we just sort of naturally, the time between seeing each other got longer. Um, obviously, we're not really close, not a close drive. Better than our, our uh, Yeah. Um, but... I oh, know we see each other quite often. We speak every day, every day. So there's no real chance to miss each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amber, when you say like spending time with them, when are you looking for time with the baby or are you looking for time with the dads? With the dads, definitely. I think uh, we've always gone in it with uh, friendship first. It's just a perk now I get to have baby cuddles when I see them. <laughs> And I think most surrogates would feel that. I personally, I uh, liked having a baby cuddle, but wasn't really hanging out to see the baby more than the dads, actually. And you've got your little one in the background. How have your kids coped with having Bub around, but not at home and not their sibling? Good. I think um, my eldest son, he went through a stage because he's just always wanted, he keeps saying he wants 10 little girls. (laughs) He wants 10 sisters. Um, (laughs) That's just not going to happen. Um, but then, you know, we, we joke and we say, oh, but they cry all night. And he's like, no, okay, no, <laughs> that's okay. Then we'll just, uh, but now it's just, you know, they, they don't ask much about him. Um, they just sort of see him exactly the same as other friends that have kids. You know, they, they prefer to see just Jake and Aaron, but you know, they know that the baby's there now. So they're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so any plans for the future as a team? Yeah, a part team, hopefully, if it's still can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Um, so I've offered uh, to donate my eggs if the boys, you know, can fi- find someone else that will do gestational surrogacy or, you know, I hope they find someone that will be able to do traditional surrogacy for them again, just for, the, you know... It's a lot, obviously, cheaper, <laughs> easier. But like we said, it's a lot less common to find a traditional surrogate. Can I ask whether or not you thought about carrying again or was it a matter of I've, I'm just doing this the once and then that's it? Yeah, 100%. Um, I get guilty now because with the, with the complications post-birth, um, I had my tubes tied and they said, you know, you, we really don't recommend going through another uh, another pregnancy or birth because this was my fourth c-section yeah the, the more it goes the more complications there are the more risk there is to my health so um yeah that that choice was sort of taken out of my hands yeah. at that point i would 100 percent do it again if, if you were if you were giving advice to somebody that's considering surrogacy either as a surrogate or an intended parent what would you be saying i'll go one after the other amber what's your advice um, I think building that solid relationship first, but, you know, um, so that if you would take away all of the surrogacy, uh, you would still find yourself wanting to be friends with the people you're teaming up with. Uh, Jake? Um, so, I mean, initially we didn't think it was even possible, um, but I guess just advice would be to, yeah, not give up, you know, it's... I guess, yeah, we still can't wait to the state that we're still holding him here and we're all, you know, we're all here. It's just amazing, yeah. And Aaron? Um, I think communication's a big one. Um, we've come across a couple of hurdles, but um, communicating through that and being open has managed to, to get through those and build a stronger friendship. Beautiful. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. If you are looking for more information, you can find it on the blog. Listen to more podcast episodes at sarahjefford.com. You can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram. And if you want to get in touch, you can find me at sarah at sarahjefford.com.